Welcome to the ACC Kids Leadership Podcast, where we help to aim, resource kids, pastors, and leaders. I'm Andy Kirk, and today we have Beth Cunningham from Church of the Highlands, our great friend. Beth, how are you? I'm so great, Andy. How are you? I am so good. It's great to uh, have you on the podcast again. Um, uh, I was going to say, so I'm going to say it. It's going to offend every other guest, but you are the most listened um, podcast. Whenever I put a podcast up about you, I know, look at you, you're shocked. Everyone loves you, Beth. I think in Australia, in America, it's, um, I know you're flawed. You're like, oh, no, I'm really? incredibly flawed. <laughs> you are a good enough friend to me to know how flawed I am. However, I really am excited to get to true. be with all of our, our friends down under and dreaming of your great weather and your beaches and all August. Oh, what, what is it that I love? Um, a kebab. Did I say it right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kebab. it's hilarious. Any Australians what, what, what are listening? You, what did you teach me to call it? Christy told me it was a, it's no, a, it's dirty, a dirty kebab. kebab. Yeah, because you're having kebab. it, you're having it in like it's um in the middle of surface paradise in our in our tourist district when Kid Shaper is on. It's at a just like a street vendor, and you're like, I want another kebab. I'm like, oh, I want to host you. Let's go. Let's go eat something nice. Nat, let's get a kebab. Sean. Sean loves him so my husband uh, is obsessed with a kebab on a street corner in 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 the gold coast you know I, i was just over in europe and um i ate my body weight in croissants in france but as you should i right but the the crepes this, the, the same thing, the street craze. I was eating crepes like you were eating these kebabs. So anyway, so good. it was good. Well, anyway, it's great to have you with us. Um, love to have a, a, a conversation today um, really about how, how things are going highlands. And even here we are, we're, we're post COVID. Well, so we think, um, sure. yeah, we say we're post COVID, but we're just talking before we um, connected in for everyone to, to hear and record, but we're talking how we in the church think we're post-COVID because we have rushed back or we're always on the front end. So as soon as the doors are open, we're back in. If it's if it's 50% capacity, done. If it's masks, we're in. We just want to meet. But society is still at a different time. Um, here in Australia, we're actually seeing the delays in many industries. We're seeing um, whilst many industries lasted through COVID strong, right now the building industry is actually being hit really hard and building companies are closing like um, right. national building companies. And so there's a delay. And so what we think is, Oh no, we're good. Kick on. Um, isn't the case. And we're finding this in families, volunteers, teams. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on what's happening there. Cause I think um, often the U S is a little bit in front of where Australia is because we've stayed locked down longer. In fact, I've only just read this morning that Western Australia has flipped um, its rulings. We're actually able to travel into one of our other States. Now it's been closed off. So right. as of today, um, yeah. which is amazing. So yeah, please let us know what's happening. So, yes, I think that probably, you know, obviously all of us are coming off of an amazing Easter season and such a strategic time in church life around the world. I think what's been interesting for me personally, and I was sharing this with Andy before we got on, that I feel like one of the things that has been such a reminder to me in the last probably six weeks or so was I think the Lord allowed me to encounter different people in our church who literally are just coming back. And I think right. to, to Andy's point, 
we've been back a long time. Um, yeah. You know, we came back with masks, we came back with doing the best we could. And then it's like, oh, we're no masks now. And so if you were to come to Alabama or you were to come to, frankly, most parts of America, things would look normal. But what's interesting is that that's not normal, though, in people's emotional state and in right. their re-engagement in society and church life. Just to give you some examples, um, you know, I lead a small group for moms and babies. I've led this group for 15 years. Wow. A few weeks ago, a mom came to my small group for the first time. She had been several years before when her child was less than a year old. So this is a, you know, a child that was born before COVID yep. and she was now three. She said, Hey Beth, you know, I recognized her. Do you remember me? I said, yes, I, you know, I recognize you. It's so good to see you. And in the course of talking, she said to me, her child is now three. She said, that coming to the small group that day, some mom's play group with moms and, and you know, toddlers, yep. babies, she said, this is the first time that her three-year-old not had been to church, had actually played with another child in two wow. years. Wow. In Alabama. In two years, she had That's literally not been around any other children. And I was like, oh, wow. That was a that was a reality check for me of here is this mom who this is a miracle baby. She fought really hard to have this baby. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and just the, and it was such a reminder that my version of COVID and people's version of COVID right. response is very different. Same situation. Um, we had another mom um, in my same small group who had come, had moved from the Northwest part of the country to Alabama. Interesting um, to be able to raise her children in a, in a different culture, as far as in a different kind of more of a biblically centered culture here in the Bible Belt South. Yep. Um, but I looked over at small group and she was tearing up in small group because it's the first time she had seen her three-year-old play with another child in nine months. Wow. Wow. Dealt with another mom, same week, who her child was two. And a dear friend of mine had intervened, gone to lunch, had really had to walk this mother, hold her hand to actually drop off her child in our children's ministry because this baby had been born during COVID and literally had never left the mother's side. Mm. And so I'm having all of these interactions in the three or four weeks leading up to Easter. And I'm saying to our staff and our team, hey guys, I know life looks and feels normal for you. Yes. And for us in our church kind of mentality, but people are just now making the decisions to re-engage. And many of these children, especially in the littles, they have had minimal to no social interaction. Many of them, because of, I don't know if y'all have had this in Australia, but daycares have been thrown off, staffing yep. shortages. Yep. Mom probably had to give up her job, has literally been home with this child. And so the byproducts of the anxiety is not just for the child who's kind of clinging to mom. Mom mm. is having like mm. deep-seated fear and anxiety because many yeah. of them have never left their child with anyone. And so I think it's just so important yeah. as people are in Jesus' name coming back and we have yes. this Easter moment and we had these kind of people returning and we see the same thing in team as well of just kind of taking our hat you know, our church staff member hat off for a second and really asking questions and really discovering where people are on their journey. Because once I saw that, just those three interactions in the yep. course of two or three weeks, it changed everything about how yep. I approach Sunday. Yep. Like not yep. just assuming that 
people have been back, not assuming that they're not actually quite anxious about leaving their child or coming into our environments or embarrassed about behaviors that their child may be demonstrating because of a lack of socialization or because of a lack of like what was normal before the last two years. And so it's just been such an interesting thing for us to just step back and realize there's a population of people that have been back, but there's a whole lot of people who have not re-engaged in many things, um, not just in church life, but in like everyday society. And I think that I had a mom tell me this, and I think this is something that we need to think about. Yeah. On Easter Sunday, a dear friend of mine who I know well, we were talking about her shy child not wanting to go into the elementary classroom. I mean, this is right. someone who's in our church. She has a you know an introverted child, and I was coaching with the child and saying, I'm going to be in the room, you know, we're going to have a great day. And she looked at me and she said, Beth, if another teacher at school says to me, well, kids are resilient. I think I'm going to pull my hair out. Right. And I thought it was such a, such an interesting moment for me that I think that is sometimes the message that we give to parents. Oh, kids are fine. They're resilient. But the mom and dad are feeling they're sitting there going like, I'm the one who's you know, they're crying to at night or holding on to my leg or fearful and kind of this fear transfer going back and forth. And I'm like, you know what? We need to be aware that this is the stress parents are feeling right now. Mm, mm. And it's, it's, it's real. I I tell you um, this year for our summer blast kids conference, we're focusing on um, the life of Timothy and, you know, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And what I feel like the Holy Spirit has been showing me is that the assignment of the enemy for this generation, this generation of children is to try to take them out with a spirit of fear. Yeah. You know, that is regardless of how you feel about masks, regardless of how you feel about whatever, it wasn't normal to not see faces. It wasn't normal to be afraid of this mysterious germ that you possibly can't understand as a seven-year-old. It wasn't normal to get to go to school sometimes and then not go to school other times. Now I have confidence that God is sovereign, right? He is good. This generation has an awesome assignment on their life, but what the enemy wants to do is come in and, and use that spirit of fear Uh, to try to destroy this generation. And I do have concerns that as the church, as the big C church, we need to recognize that parents are either helping dispel that by operating in faith themselves, or Mm. because they're so anxious, they may be unintentionally feeding that spirit of fear. And so we've got to get kind of like ask ourselves as, as ministers to the family, what are we doing to help reassure parents? What are we yes. doing to help bring them back into community? What conversations do we need to be having to dispel those myths, right? Because it's, it's right. not true. It is yeah. a lie of the enemy. And in Jesus' name, we we're, bra- were praying to break a spirit of fear off this generation because I think that's what his plan would be for this yes. season that these kids have walked through. And yes, so they're good. resilient. Um, but the enemy has his assignment as well. And we need to take authority and work ahead of that as the church in Jesus name. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I think what you're saying is so true and, and relevant here in Australia. And for those that are listening anywhere around the world, in particular in Australia here, I live in a state that was relatively unaffected. Um, we shut our borders and we just said, don't come in. There's another state that did it even more, um, more lockdowns. They're only just opening, as I said, in Western Australia. But we live in this world where, oh no, we've been back and it's been okay. 
but yet there's so many other states, Victoria, Melbourne, um, New South Wales, Sydney, and, and all of New South Wales, they experienced it far worse. Then there was floods. Before all of this started, there was bushfires. And so we have probably had three years of trauma across our nation in multiple different ways that is affecting um, affecting society. And yet as the church, we we do. And, and I love what you're saying. We go, no, let's go. We're all good. But, but the general feel is, well, no, we're not, we're actually not okay. And, and that younger age group that you said, really, it's, it's starting to go after this, I'm, I'm going today to have some conversations with our early childhood team and staff to say, Hey, what's happening in this space right now? Are you experiencing this? What are we doing? And, and you've actually challenged me to go, I, I need to make sure that we're, we're empowering our team, that we're giving strategy, that we're helping the parents, that we're maybe even plan to look at how to support these parents a lot more. Because um, those wonder four-year-olds are probably the yes. most affected in this, in this space, space around social anxiety and, and what was normal. They really miss some of that formative years of play-based, you know, connection. It's so and true. So- and when you think about that, I mean, up here, I'm, I'm speaking as, as a woman right now, but I think about these precious moms who delivered babies and no one came to the hospital. Right. Right. They had a drive-by baby shower. They didn't have the communal support of the church of what right around them in these early, I've seen it even with some of our staff moms here of just, Mm. there's a sense of grief of the things that they missed because they brought this baby home for the first time. And everything about their experience was different Mm. than what they had seen and been a part of in supporting their friends. And so we're asking ourselves all those questions, especially with our, like you said, Andy, with our younger families. And, yeah. and, and I know this just because of the type of group I personally lead and passionate about, but I think as the big C church, we've got to step into the space of families of, yeah. you know, couples who are married and, you know, they're having a baby and where can we minister in that space to expecting yes. parents and where can we mm. begin to gather those families who've just had a child and how do we make one of the things we're talking about this summer with our kids ministry is perhaps we need to have some connects. We call them after service for, Hey, if you're here at Highlands and you know, you're, you have a child in the preschool, we would love to meet with you for 30 minutes after service. We've got donuts and coffee. Our team will be there. We just want to answer questions and really give a space to say, Hey, if your child is struggling or they're saying, I don't want to go in the room, let us know because we have strategies and ways that we can help them overcome those anxieties. But if a parent doesn't tell us, oftentimes we don't know and then they'd stop engaging in church life and that's going to cause the family to suffer so we really are asking ourselves what type of connection opportunities what spaces do we need to create for families to connect for them to connect with team and for them to connect with one another recognizing I guess my eyes have been opened in the last month and I know it was the Lord to say hey Beth this is more of a hurdle yeah than you realize yeah. Coming back to yeah. church is actually more of a thing than perhaps you may have underestimated that. What do we need to do to step into those spaces yeah. to help, especially our families of young children connect again? That's so brilliant. What are you finding um, with your team? Like we're actually finding apprehension within team to come and serve. And, and, and it's hard because church moves on. And so what you do is you do find enough team and you do have enough, you know, volunteers in, in, in the areas, but there's that 
as you said, there is that overwhelming sense of some of this and anxiety in some space or a recalibration of, of life. Uh, it's a, I, someone explained it the other day to me. It's almost like, and it's more American context than Australia because we, we actually don't go away for college or university. Usually we have it in our, our cities, but but people who go away for college for four years and return home and they look at their, their room and they go, oh, this isn't me anymore. I had such a monumental shift in culture and society and life that this isn't who I am. And I think that COVID had a, a, an aspect of, of that and it was it, it was this it it shook people to the core that they're now returning to their childhood room going this isn't how i do life anymore and, and so i'm seeing people come back in and uh what we're seeing which is which is great in our context of our church is we are seeing people wanting relationship community so connect groups are strong but then that next step of hey do you want to join team? Do you want to jump on? And do you want to serve in these spaces? It's there is apprehension around that. Are you experiencing that? And really what are some of the mindsets that you're starting to sort of combat to try and help encourage people to re-engage? So I think that, yes, of course, um, you know, everyone has been experiencing the build again, you know, we need to build, we have yep. to build team again. And I think we have to go back and perhaps I know one of the things that I've had to evaluate is why do people not want to come back to serve? Yep. So I mean, like clarifying questions for me would be, you know, um, did they, did they feel missed? Right. Did they feel right. like we really needed them or knew them? Um, right. You know, so real like heart checks of, you know, there were a lot of people um, serving and, and just being faithful. And to your point, Andy, that was part of their routine that was mm. built into their life cycle. Well, then there's a break in routine and they're reevaluating everything about how their life, how they spend their time. So I think it's, it's really of, I think for us, it's more of, you know, making sure that we're building relationships, that yeah. we are actually really intentionally investing in people again, not so yeah. that they can serve, but yeah. so that they know that we care because we genuinely right. do care. You're a part of our family. So there's been a lot of intentionality, um, especially in the last year around just making sure that team know how loved and valuable they yeah. are for who they are, not what they do. Um, yeah. But I also think this is true. I was talking to a friend about this in the last day or so about proximity. Yeah. Um, so, so when we're in proximity, when we're in relationship and I'm with you all the time, there might be things about a person or an organization that annoy me or not everything's perfect, right? We're people. But when I spend time with you, I remember all the things I love about you. And right. that makes me want to be on mission with you, regardless of the fact that, you know, there might be a day that's serving that's really hard. I think yes. what COVID cost us was it cost us that proximity. Yeah, that's good. Right. So people yeah. have forgotten why they love their church or they've yes. forgotten why they love serving on a team. And so I think really mm -hmm. the the higher level thought that that I'm asking myself is how do I help them remember that they love their church again? Like, how do yes. I help them remember how valuable it was to invest in another human being? Because in many yeah. ways, um, the last two years, it's not been intentional, but they have been very self-focused because we were isolated. So I need to keep myself safe. I need to keep my family safe. You know, I've got to figure out how to survive in this space for me. It, it, it became inward, even though that wasn't probably intentional. So it's really more of how do we bring people back together that they remember that we are better together, that yeah. my life is better when I'm on team, that, you know, God desired me to be in community 
and he gifted me to do something with my life. And yeah. I can't accomplish that without other people. I think it's going back to those fundamental basics of yeah. having that proximity, which creates closeness, which helps me remember who I am. You know, like yeah. we only discover who we are in the context of community, um, you know? Yes. And so team is a huge part of that. So we're really asking ourselves, what are those community questions? You know, where right. is the, the, the family? Because team matters because it's family. Team mm-hmm. is about serving kids. It is about right. reaching the next generation, but people serve because they but want to be family. needed and known. Yeah. And so if we start yeah. with that level, you know, yeah. we need you and we know you like you, yes. this is your family. You belong here. And focusing on that, we are seeing people come. We are seeing people come back. But the other thing too That's is don't, don't, um, there are some people that God's just moved them on and that's okay with that. We bless them as they go. But I think that also what we've also seen is a lot of brand new people and people who are brand new to our church, who are very excited about the vision, you know, discovering their purpose and really jumping in. I also think um, that if for us too, um, it's just important in this phase as people are coming back, that we're also having to re-educate the church all the time. So don't assume because people have been gone for two years. So like we're thinking about that and this affects people serving because if they don't Mm. know about the ministry, they're not, they're not thinking about signing up to serve. So we're asking ourselves when we say summer blast, well, that's very insider language. If you've been around Highlands, you know, that's Uh our kids conference, but there are a lot of people sitting in our congregations right now who are hearing all of this for the first time, talking about changes to our student ministry. It's all new, but what we're finding as we re-educate the church on what the church is and what it does, people, a byproduct of that is they want to be on team because vision has been cast. So I think at the highest level from senior pastor to how we communicate in socials to just informing, there are things that I'm shocked all the time that people just don't know that we offer for their family. And it's like when they get educated, it's like, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of that. Um, And so I think it's twofold. It's the needed and known family piece, but it's also in this season of so much being new to people or returning. I think we think, oh, they remember y'all. They don't remember. It was two years ago. You know, they were partially coming then, you know? So it's that constant re-education of the vision of our approach to family ministry, of our approach to kids, to students, everything. We would say like everything church of the Highlands has to offer for your family. Do parents even know what that is? And we're asking ourselves those questions all the time because we want them to be informed, but also that builds team. Like vision helps build team. So those are the things that is brilliant. Make sure the team are known and needed. Needed and known. That's why people serve. They they want to be needed and known. And then re-educate the church. I love that point. I was actually just sitting there writing down those re-educate the church on who we are. And I think that that is a really good um, take-home point there. Well, Beth, it's always great chatting to you. I love, um, I go away with a notepad full of ideas and thoughts and um, questions I need to go ask my team today. It's afternoon there for you, but it's morning. So I'm going to go ask my team um, a whole lot of questions, especially around that early childhood space. So thank you so much. We are so looking forward to have you out here in Australia in August for Kid Shaper. It's going to be so much fun and you're going to have as many kebabs as you want. It's up to you. It's, it's I know. Be great. Okay. It's good. God bless you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Beth.